Hello, welcome back to Magic Woods. This story is called Bracken. The girls flew west into the sunset, racing away as the daylight faded. Fee kept up as best she could, but swiftly grew weary. Versa said, come on, if we get a few Hopkins ahead of the circle, we can rest for a little bit. I'll take first watch. It was nighttime by the time they reached West Lake. The last vestiges of sunset lingered in the western sky, but the stars were already shining overhead. Versa said, okay, we can rest here for a bit. Fee fairly collapsed to the ground. Kira gathered some water from a nearby stream with a small cooking pot, and she said, Ugh, I wish we had brought more cooking supplies. Versa said, well, that would have slowed us down. She was staring into the darkness for signs of the golden circle approaching. We need to travel light and fast. Kira said, we also need to eat. They had a grim supper of bitter herbs and mushroom soup. Fee barely ate anything. Kira said, come on, Fee, you need to keep up your strength. Please eat something. Fee said, oh, just let the circle get me. No. After they had finished eating, Versa urged them to rest. I'll keep watch tonight. You two sleep. Fee and Kira lay down inside the simple tent that Kira had packed, and it felt like they had barely dozed off to sleep when Versa woke them up. Versa said, it's coming. We need to move. Kira nodded wearily and began packing. And from the position of the stars, she could see that they had grabbed maybe two hours of sleep at most. And Versa, of course, hadn't slept at all. Kira said, all right, where to next? The golden circle approached them across a great field, glinting gold in the moonlight. Versa said, north, obviously, unless you brought a boat. Kira said, of course I didn't bring a boat. And then they headed north. Fee could only fly for short distances, and Kira and Versa had grown too weary to carry her very far. So they walked most of the time, as fast as they could. They lost sight of the circle as they traveled up the road, but knew it was still behind them, somewhere, following. At last, Versa said they should rest again. Kira said, okay, I'll keep watch, and she tried not to yawn. It was a grim watch for young Kira. She paced about to stay awake, trying to ignore the gentle sleep breathing of her friends in the tent. And then at last, an hour or two before dawn, she saw the circle in the distance, and she woke her friends and said, it's time to move. They continued this way for the next day and night, grabbing brief periods of sleep and scavenging whatever berries and mushrooms they could find along the way. Luckily, it was summer and the berries were everywhere, but still, they were growing wearier by the hour. And one day, Kira said to Versa, I don't know how much longer we can keep this up. Versa said, well, we have to. At last, they reached the top of the lake, the border of Westwood. They could start heading east. But now they would be heading into the wild, into unknown lands without roads. Fee said, do Mimis live in these woods? Her eyes were wide as they sat on the northeastern shore of the lake. Versa said, I don't think so. The few Mimis left in our part of the world all lived in Westwood. Kira said, well, Gorky and his parents live north of the volcano. There might be other Mimis who live in the wilderness. <sighs> Versa rolled her eyes. Yeah, well, we can't rely on potential random vagabond families to help us. Then Fee said, oh, the circle is coming. Then she took another bite of her strawberry. <gasps> Versa and Kira turned. 
Sure enough, the golden circle was heading their way, just visible through the trees. Versa said, oh, come on, and they rose to pack their things. Let's go. They continued west for the rest of the day and night, Versa and Kira alternating watches, and always they got an hour or two of sleep before having to move on. Fee was still abnormally weary and achy, but at least her condition didn't seem to worsen. Kira kept giving her healing herbs and salves to help the aches. At last, they could hear a loud, rushing river ahead. Versa said, Oh, that must be the sorrow, the great river that flows to the west. Ah, if only we had a boat, we could get so far ahead of the circle. Suddenly, a company of stick people materialized out of the woods all around them. These were the maple tree stick people, also known as the Vilkins. They carried spears and bows and pointed their weapons at the girls. The girls raised their hands in surrender, and Kira said, Please, we are trying to save our sick friend. May we pass through this forest? And their leader said, If you help us. Versa said, We don't have time to help you. And her fingers were reaching towards her sword. There was a floating golden circle of death following us, and we need to outrun it. The leader said, We are well aware of this circle. Our scouts have been watching your movements for two days now. Versa said, great, so you know why we must flee. The leader said, the circle destroys whatever it touches. It is a powerful weapon indeed. Versa said, yes, so that is why we must go. Bye. The leader continued on as if she hadn't spoken. Our people have been at the mercy of Atika for many years. None of our weapons can hurt it. We must offer sacrifices to it just to keep the beast at bay. But we would like to kill it once and for all. Fee said, what's a tika? Versa said, it's a stick monster. Oh, like Bracken, the one who killed Gorky's parents? The stick people jerked as if stung when Fee said the name Bracken. And the leader said, yes, that is the beast's name. Versa said, well, we'd love to help you, but we need to be moving on. The leader said, listen, if you help us to kill the beast known as Bracken and use that golden circle as a weapon, we will give you whatever you need. Food, weapons, medicine. Kira said, a boat? Yes, even a boat. Versa said, how do you propose we kill the beast with the golden circle? We don't control it. But in a way you do, it follows you. If you could get the beast between you and the circle, it would be killed. You can wait for the beast in the sacrifice glade. Versa said, oh, you want us to use our friend as bait. And this time she did reach for her sword, but the sticks readied their weapons too, and the leader said, yes, and in return we will help you. Versa said, what if we refuse? The stick leader said nothing. It was obvious the girls couldn't refuse. They would be used as bait, willingly or not. Versa finally sheathed her sword and said, fine but we'd better hurry. The circle must be close. The stick people led the girls through the thick forest to an open space under huge oak trees. The place was littered with bones and smelled like death. Fee said, Ooh, I guess this must be the sacrifice glade. The girls sat on a stone in the center. And the leader said, The beast will come for you as soon as you blow this whistle. And he handed Kira an acorn whistle. Blow it as soon as you see the circle approaching. It doesn't take the beast long to get here. 
Kira said, okay, and her heart was beating fast. Then the stick people left the glade, fading into the trees. A few minutes later, the girls felt the thrumming hum of the golden circle approaching. Versa said, now! And Kira blew a single shrill note on the acorn whistle. And then a monstrous stick beast came barreling in out of the trees. It looked like a fallen down tree that had come to life, all bristling limbs and pointy spikes. It raised its head when it saw the girls, and then it roared, showing a mouth full of sharp, splintered teeth. The golden circle was closer now, almost to the glade. Kira noticed that the beast bore dozens of scars, probably from all the stick people and mimis who had tried to kill it over the years. She could sense the monster's pain and anger and confusion. She flew forward slowly and approached the great beast's quivering mouth. Versa said, what are you doing? The beast roared again. But Kira remained calm. She reached out a tentative hand and stroked its cheek, and she said, it's okay. The beast shuddered. And then it became very still. Behind Bracken, the golden circle appeared in the clearing. It would pass right through the beast on its way to Fee, just as they had planned. But Kira had another idea. I know you are hungry and hurt, she whispered to the monster, in a language only he could understand, a language of sounds and snorts and breaths. But you can't eat stick people and mimis anymore, or they will continue to hunt you. The beast snarled slightly. The golden circle drew nearer. Versa said, just let it get him. Bakira continued to talk to the monster. Stay away from stick people and Mimi, she said. And she touched the beast's temple. Eat wild things. Stay away from those who would hurt you. Go from this place in peace. Bracken snorted once, and then he nuzzled against Kira. Kira said, go! And Bracken turned and ran from the glade back into the woods. Versa and Fee were already hastening away, around the glade and back to the river, and Kira rushed to join them. She could feel the power of the golden circle as it pulsed and glowed behind them. The girls flew back to the river and met the stick people there, and the leader said, Is the beast destroyed? Kira said, He will not bother you again, I promise. The leader frowned a little bit, but then he presented them with a boat loaded with food and supplies. Take this, then, and thank you. The girls piled into the boat. Then a shout went up from the other stick people. The golden circle had been sighted. It touched a tree, and the tree turned to dust. The stick people scattered. Versa and Kira pushed the boat away from shore and started paddling downstream. Versa said, faster! So Kira rode faster, trying to keep up with Versa, but Versa was a lot stronger. Behind them, the golden circle sailed out over the river and started following them downstream. But they were moving fast now. 
carried by the swift-flowing river, and soon the golden circle was out of sight. Well, that's the end of the story, Bracken. The next story is called The Tower of Taluma. Goodbye.